0: Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us, or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Um, all right, how is everybody? I've been here since about 6.45, so you have no reason to get up and leave on me. My wife says, did you get anything to eat? I was like, no, I did not have time. But uh, no, Aaron, the reason you might not see me up here very much is he doesn't trust me. (laughs) Does not trust this guy. And so, you know, I, I think it's been... This series, he knew for a long time that I was going to be speaking on nations and cities. And I forget when the text went out a long time ago. It's like a couple months. So he's been, like, uh, intercepting me at my other job and his job as well. And uh, he was like, hey, uh, what do you... Because he knows I'm, like, a real... I dive into policies, like governmental policies. Like, I work in the government. So the policies that this nation creates and the policies that affect all of us, I get passionate about. And uh, anybody that would spend enough time with me would know right off the bat that I'm passionate. And Aaron knows that because he's my brother. So he's like, he would nudge me and, and come into the office. He's like, "Hey, uh, like, like politics is is really touchy subject, Matt. And so what are you gonna talk about? You know, like?" I was like, "Oh, I don't have a, I don't have a clue. But God will give me something." And then so this past Friday he came in one more time and he's like. Hey, I'm going, you know, out of town, but what do you, uh, you know, have you decided, have you got any notes together? And and I said, not yet. I said, I'm working on it. And he's just so frustrated because he's like, oh, Matt, it's like, hey, let me talk a little more. You know what's coming out of my mouth. Right, Dad? So, uh, no, no, he's... I, I did hear something, I overheard something this past week that, where somebody was saying, oh my gosh, you guys got so many pastors, and, and most of the pastor's wives don't work, and it's like, man, what are they paying their pastors? And I said, oh, if you only knew. <laughs> I don't, they're not getting squat. Uh, maybe one day, maybe one day, our pastor, we can give him the honor that is due to him, that the word says, and, and he won't have to burn the candles at all ends of the night to uh, provide for his family, but also his Spiritual family, which is you uh, we 're leaning into that, and we know that God has a plan, uh, but he, he actually likes his, his uh, natural job as well so so anyhow, influencing our cities and nations, man, that seems a little daunting, right? So when I knew I was going to be speaking on his presence his presence transforms, but how does that transform and how does that translate into us influencing our cities and our nation right so To me, it just speaks politics. And that's a nasty little word for most Christians. It's like, you know, you can't turn on the telly without, you know, lots of negativity. And you know what happens in our country? It's a shame that just a small portion, a small segment creates the division, creates the hate, and creates uh, instances where that hate is so highlighted. Like yesterday in Pittsburgh where a gentleman went in and and shot up the place and 11 people lost their lives. Four officers were responding and they got shot. Because one person decides that he doesn't like Jewish people. I'm good friends with uh, the Las Vegas fire chief. Uh, Through the last few years we've become really close and I got to go out there right after they had the shooting last October. Where 50 lives were taken from one individual and they have no idea what motivated that individual. Nothing. Nothing jumps out at them. But just to say what one person can do is is pretty scary, but it's also pretty impressive at the same time. It's pretty amazing that if we aim our hearts and align with God's heart, what you could do. Like, you know, Micah has spoken here a few weeks ago about evangelism. And it's like, for, for me, I'm, a, I'm more of a teacher, so that scares me. Even though I've been around it my whole life, I've seen miracles, I've, I've, I've experienced miracles in my own life, and so I'll, I'll have to just be straight up honest. A couple weeks ago when we were talking about gold teeth and different things, I'm like, my teeth are fine. <laughs> I go to the dentist twice a year, and... Uh, I'm fine. I don't need gold, but and then so they're like, well, lay hands on each other, check each other out, and I'm like, it just really made me uncomfortable. <laughs> just gonna be honest, really uncomfortable. Then people were pulling out their phones, and it's like, but again, I don't do that very often. I'm in this arena where I, I teach. I, I've I've been an instructor. I teach. I'm a very pragmatic or practical person who likes to know, and the way my mind works is different. Even though I'm a man of faith, my mind works different. And so today I want to give you a practical application of how you can become an influencer, not not someone who is influenced. We tell our son all the time, he's in the public school system and, and, you know, our hearts are just praying for God, you know, show us what you want us to do with our child. Should he be in that school system or should we move him to a private Christian school? You, Lord, you show us. But one thing that we tell him all the time is, you have to be a leader and not a follower. You have to be the influencer and not the influenced. And we will know. We will know by when we're around you and what comes out of your mouth and how you act if you are becoming an influenced person or if you're doing the influencing. So this next little slide is probably really on all of your hearts. All right? <laughs> Drive around the block and you'll see this. And so I have no idea. I just, I just picked a slide off of the internet. This isn't like my house, okay? <laughs> I promise you. So, but I notice in this arena in which we live that this makes a lot of Christians nervous. They don't really know what to talk about when certain subject matter comes up when we're talking about politics. Even though in their heart they know without a shadow of a doubt how God views these issues. Boy, I got quiet. I need another joke. So, but, it's out of the fear base. It's like the whole tea thing. It's like, just God having a little fun. You know, I don't really can't explain it myself, but it makes me uncomfortable. But I don't, it, it's like, you know what? <laughs> Go for it. And it's like, whatever the need is, that's what God is like here to do because you are his hands and his feet. And we were talking earlier in praise and worship and it's like, you know, I'm glad that Leah got up here and talked a little bit about thankfulness because we're entering into Thanksgiving time of the year where it's like, I don't think you actually know how much goes into what happens up here that's for your sake? You get to come and enjoy it or pick it apart, but I don't think you know the heart of some of the individuals up here and what passions that drive them to do what they do and the time that they spend on that so you can engage with God in an experience. Yet we have some people, well, that was too loud. It's like, you know, I don't, you know why do they keep doing all those, those Jesus culture songs? And it's like, and it's like so I, I know for a fact that Amy here, she was here probably twice, at least three times since they practiced on Monday night. Because I was supposed to meet her here yesterday and help her out a little bit there. And then I'm getting texts at her from her last night, like 9 o'clock at night. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you're, you're at the church? And then we got here at 7 o'clock this morning. What, what we do, and the speakers that get up here for you, And you come in, and again, I'm not picking or getting mad at you. But I think that there needs to be some thankfulness, some genuine thankfulness from you that what goes into a church. And we would do it if there was only one of you. We really would. I would prepare no differently today than if there was only two of you here. But a thanks occasionally goes a long way. It's like I, I, I relate it to, since it is Thanksgiving, going over to my in-laws, my mother-in-law over there, who's an amazing cook. And I get to just go enjoy it. I try to help out where I can. <laughs> Especially after we eat, I'm like, I can, I can take dishes. And then it's like, she doesn't even like the way I wash dishes. So. But my son, I want him to know that there's a lot of preparation for this half hour of gorging. Like probably weeks. And it's the same that happens in church. That was just for your sake yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and our pastors. So, uh, so really, how many, and don't raise your hand, but when you see stuff like this or you watch the news and you do all these things, it just like, there's this weird feeling and it's just like, oh, I don't even want to talk, I, I don't want anything to do with that like, that's for other people. I don't, that's, I'm going to, to get some gold teeth this morning, you know? And it's like, so, and, and I remember, you know, we have an elected official in the house. We can celebrate that. My father. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I remember when he was getting to ready to go on the campaign trail, I told him, I said, you will win if you do everything opposite of what people are doing now. Instead of going on there and saying everything bad about the the person that you're running against, just tell them what you can do. Tell them who you are. You notice right now, it's like you watch these campaigns, and and sometimes you don't even know who's actually putting that on. It's just they're just saying this person's bad. It's just like, you know, they're evil, they're liars, they're thieves. And it's like, you know, paid for by whoever. And it's like, well, I don't even know who that is. So, you know, here I'm going to get into this. Um, I've read a book recently, and it was Politics for Christians. It was a fun read. Um, this gentleman says, and I really just, it screamed to me, and it's like, man, it just highlighted that politics is derived from the Greek word for city, polis. Thus, politics at its core is the inner workings of a community and by in which the, it is governed. We're all in this You and you and you, we're we're here because we're in... Does anybody live outside the community or city? A couple of you? You live in a community. You live in a city. You live in... All right, anybody live outside a nation? Maybe you live in another nation? Because I'm telling you, wherever you live, you're governed. You're governed by people who have been put in authority over you to help govern policies. We think that these politicians run the country. They do not run the country. Mr. Simmons here does not run the county. He administers and governs the policies that are in place before him. Our Supreme Court justices do not run this country. They see and they gauge things that come before them and see if they align or not align with the Constitution of the United States. There's a big difference between politics and policies. Today we're going to talk more about the policies or I won't be asked to get up here anymore. <laughs> so, but I, I'm tired of watching too many Christians sit on the sidelines when we should be engaged and we should be influencing the culture, not letting the culture influence us. Amen. When I have to worry about my son in a school, in a junior high school, worry about some kid who decided, along with his parents, trust me, that they should at today call whatever they want to be their gender and go into whatever bathroom, that's an issue. That's an issue. Come on, come Because that's not what my Bible says. My Bible says that when Adam formed in the image of God, when God breathed life into his nostrils, and he saw it was not good for man to be alone, he could he created woman, Amen, by God. to be a helpmate. <laughs> <laughs> Valley of the Dry Bones for a long time for a crew. <laughs> so I, I got to be cognizant of the time. So let's go. Let's go. So let's not be fearful of that word today, because I might accidentally say politics, policy, but I'm not talking about the people in politics. I'm talking about the issues in politics. The issues that affect every one of us in here, whether we think so or whether we don't, but I'm trying to get the message to you today. Do not be fearful of the culture around us because we will win and we outnumber them. And I didn't even tell you the Holy Spirit's in you yet. Acts so, I'll, I'll read fast. Acts 1, verse 3 through 11, if you, and it's on two slides and I probably won't catch up with myself. After his suffering, he, pre- he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Talking about Jesus here. Why would he need to give many convincing truths? I love the Bible, it's living, it's still alive, and every time I read it, something else jumps out at me. You're still not following me. Jesus was dead. He rose again, and he's with his disciples now, and he's showing them many proofs that he's still here. (laughs) How many would it take for you? For me, one. (laughs) If he's standing there talking to me after I watched the man die on a cross, that's it. I don't need him to show me the nail prints in his hands or to teleport through walls to say, all right, Jesus, maybe the disciples were just messing with Jesus. And like Jesus, like, hey, Micah, tell him no matter what he says, that we still would need more proof. And so it's like, this will be fun. And then it's like, look at me, look, my hands. And he's like, you know, all these amazing things that Jesus can do now that he's resurrected. And then Luke had to print an ax. Luke had to write it out. Like I'm sure when Luke's writing he's like, disciples. Got him. Many proofs that he was still Jesus. I'm tired of Peter and Matthew, they're always messing around. So Jesus says this. Many proofs he was alive. That's just to me. Maybe not to you, but it's fun for me. On one occasion while he was eating with him, he gave him this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promise, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the father has set by his own authority. I have no idea if that's where I'm at but so here's the highlight that I need you to grab today but you will receive power say it you will receive power, I will receive power. say I will receive power I will receive power during worship during worship Yes. Yeah, team you're amazing yes so uh, man I'm so bad here and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all in all of Judea in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their eyes and a cloud before their sight. That's a crazy story, people. So I'm going to digress just for a second. We have a 12-year-old. He's sitting right there. And we're experimenting as parents, just like all of you who are parents. Don't (laughs) laugh at me. You experiment all the time. Like you're talking with your wife at like 11 o'clock at night. It's like, that's not working. What are we going to do? All right, let's try this. It's like, let's talk to Josh. Let's call him right now. (laughs) And so so we're experimenting by leaving him home occasionally for a short period of time by himself. Now, when we do this, it's probably, my wife, she likes to give directions over and over and over again. So probably two hours or maybe even the day before. Now, Judah, we're going to be leaving you tomorrow. To, we're going to be heading out. But I will just say this. Right before we leave, we get really explicit with him. Okay? In eye to eye, face to face. And say, do not cook. Because we have a gas range. It's bad for, you know, open flames. when Not good. <laughs> do not cook. Do not open the door for anybody or you don't leave either. First time we experiment with this, what's he do? He opens the door for a stranger. <laughs> who was politicking in the, in, back in the primaries to give him a, a pamphlet to vote for them. And dude's like, he was dressed nice. <laughs> so, so I, I say this because it's like the last minute we're with him and we're still in our hearts scared to death. Like the house is going to burn down. He won't be here when we get back. The dog, who knows where the dog will be. (laughs) So don't you think, as Jesus, who has been here for three years, died and rose again, that he's with his disciples and giving him the last verbal direction on this earth. How important do you think this message is when Jesus is getting ready to say... Because they're wondering about all these things. And he says, stop. You will be my hands and you will be my feet. And you will be witnesses for me. And stop worrying about just this, this church. You're not just a witness in this church. You're a witness in this church. You're a witness in Tip City. You're a witness in Ohio. And you're a witness in the U.S. of A. And everywhere else. That's what his commandment was to these they're like, is is, is God going to come back and restore His throne to Jerusalem? You're 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 in a silo, and us as Christians have been in a silo way too long. Come on. When it deals with public policies and how this this U.S.A. this greatest country is ruled, we've been silent. We've been neutral. We don't want to offend people. The time has come, folks. To stand up and use what's in your heart and what you know by being in his presence, reading his word, and being around like-minded people to say this is wrong and this is right. This is of the devil. This is of God. And there will be my heart and then I will be his hands and I will be his feet. You can't be hands and feet without doing something with them, folks. Like, even puppets can, you know, dance. They got hands, they got feet. And Jesus says this because he wants action. He didn't say, talk about all this. Just talk. Just go to work, talk, tell them how you feel. Tell them how you feel. He said, you're my hands and you're my feet. It's actually going to cause some disagreements. It's going to cause a lot of different issues. Trust me, do you guys remember... And maybe it's just because it's like, it's recent, it's fresh, but our country's divided. And it's, it's, and I used to be this person who was very black and white. So I want to say something about an individual named Saul who, and I'll I'll keep it very, very short here. Aaron talked about a few weeks ago how Saul was transformed by his presence and became somebody who changed this planet when it comes to influencing others on Christianity and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Besides Jesus, arguably, Paul did it more than anybody else. Fourteen books of the Bible were about Paul and his missionaries and his trips, the churches that were established, the people that were there, that is still valid and still has momentum today. And and I want to take you just for a second, be in my eyes when it comes to Saul before he's converted to Paul. He was here, and it was it was in scripture, they believed that he was there for sure when Stephen was stoned. Who was Stephen? Poor Stephen, he was left back for the widows. And then he's just this man who just pours out just this spirit of when he talked, it says people listened. Because Stephen was so transformed, what he said leaders would listen, and people were influenced. And the enemy hated this, so they used Saul. And I'll tell you, I used to be a Saul. I was a black and white kind of guy that was just so black and white. Like, nope, nope, nope. And I wasn't afraid to tell people. Then God has been working on me, and it's been a slower process than getting a gold tooth, I can tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Because I used to think that I'm the one that's going to change people. I need to tell them. They're just not aware of the scripture, Micah. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> so, uh, turburn! I mean, maybe not that bad, but it's pretty bad, I imagine. So you've got to think Saul was in an environment where he had the Bible that he knew of. The law, the prophets, the Psalms, the Proverbs. He just didn't have the New Testament. But trust me, when Paul was alive, guess who else was alive? And doing all the miracles that it says the Bible and the books cannot contain. Saul was walking around the same time, and the same time that he's learning the law and he's in the synagogue and he is becoming this person who has authority. Jesus is doing all the works that he's doing. So don't you believe, and this is in every fiber of my being, I believe at some point in time somebody came to Saul and said, Dude, take a chill. Like maybe somebody close to him, his best friend's like, Saul, my sister was a leper. She was healed by Jesus. Let's just get a little more information before we just go hog wild and and persecute these people. Saul was like, uh-uh. And and I know there's some people in here. I see, you know, Richard Diaz and some other people, and I don't want to call you out. But there was veterans, and I was a veteran, who I would never verbally disagree with an order that I was ever given. I trusted the people who were over me that they, they knew what they were doing because I was in the U.S. of A. I studied history. I studied the wars. I studied generals. I studied admirals. And I knew I just didn't go sign up. I'm the military. Some do, but I didn't. I'm like, I want to know what I'm getting into. And then I build this trust by the history of our country and everything that we have that I'm not going to question these people because they are a ruler over me. Now, mentally, I would question sometimes some of the things I was told to do. Be like, dig a hole here, and we'd dig, and then they'd say, hey, fill it back in. I can do that, and then dig another one right beside it. I just dug right here. It's like, literally, the enemies, I don't know. All right. Mentally, I never, because I watched how people verbally would question things and what would happen to them, and I'm a fast learner. (laughs) Ain't going to do it. So, back to Saul. We, when we're talking about these issues, these public policies, these things that affect us, and and, you know, we don't have to talk about all the issues, but we know what's going on with the gender. We know what's going on. By who is gonna define when life is life? Come on. Yeah. And I've studied this out in the last few months, and it's like, there is nobody that can pinpoint at this time to say exactly when is life. Why? To me, it's pretty simple. God breathed into Adam's nose and said, this is made in my own image. And he breathed into Adam. Saul wasn't good for him to be alone. Created Eve. And then he says, this is man, this is woman, and it's best to be together. And we preach this at weddings. We do in this church. Hopefully you believe what we believe. If you don't, we're not going to get mad at you. We're telling you what we believe. This is our theology. That man and woman were meant to be together. And that the act of them coming together to make that marriage a covenant comes life. Yeah. That's life. When they can say that this speck of whatever it is, and I'm not a scientist by nature, okay? Don't get mad at me. is some sort of proof that there's life on Mars... And we can't say that something, however small or however insignificant some think that it is, in a woman, is not life. There is something wrong. But we don't have to get really mean like Saul and persecute the people who disagree with us. Every table is an altar. When you're at work, it's an altar. It's it's a place where you can break bread with one another and let the love... It says there's a song. It says, let my life songs sing... Here's where I get passionate, folks. So, we can't change. Nobody was going to change Saul. He was that dogmatic. He was not going to change. And nobody, you can't tell me that his buds didn't come up to him like, dude, you're like over top on this one. You know, you're going to go stone that guy for what? Talking? One encounter, and Jesus had him spotted. He's like, that's my guy. And and what about all the people who lost lost their lives? Because I hear that too. Well, what about all the... It's like God's plan was for Saul to be Paul all along. All along. We don't know how many times that somebody came to witness to, to Saul. We don't know how many times. But it's like we said today in worship. Either we can be part of God's plan or we can be outside of it. His plan is moving whether we move with it or without it. You can choose to sit on the sideline, but I'm telling you what, even on the sideline, it doesn't mean as much as when you're in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Paul's travels, he influenced so much. Here's where I wanted to get, and I'm going to be closing shortly, I, maybe, I'll try. 75, almost 75%, this was in 2016, 75% of people believe in God and pray to God. And I would argue that most of those people are playing, praying to the same God that whether they, they, they're a little bit of their theology or a lot of their theology matches up with ours, they believe in this, this, this God who created everything that is, we're in. Would you agree you believe in a creator? Yes. Me too. So do these. Would you believe that nothing happens by chance? So do they. Do you pray to your God? That's where we're on the same level, okay? Then we jump way off on some of these people. I mean, they get different places, and I'm just wanting you to know that they believe in a creator that this life didn't happen by a big bang. They believe that we didn't evolve from a frog from a water to come to who we are today. (laughs) Some people have to laugh. I do. I mean... All right, I won't go down the trail. So 75%... And by the way, 75% is 240 million Americans out of 350. Amen is right. I heard today that that some of the issues with this gender uh, gender decision was made by eight people in this country to start a movement. Eight people. 75% pray to a God. You can see some of the other numbers. Attend a church service, it drops dramatically. We're so much better than all those people. Look at you guys. Come on, reach up high with your right hand. Almost the same, read a Bible, that's amazing, it's awesome. I'd like you to look at the next number all the way at the end. Attend a small group, 16%. Raise your other right hand, go to your left. Pat yourself on the back because you guys are faithful in your attendance to life groups. I noticed that that was a lot less people patting yourself on the back that time. (laughs) Man. So, that number right there lines up exactly with how many people go out and vote in this country. Did you know that this man over here can only be fired by you? He can only be hired by you. Am I right? Thank God. So what I'm saying is your vote does matter. Our influence does matter. We are, this culture wants to redefine what family is and that is my friends, the argument that I have It's not about the politicians, the people themselves or anything. It's this movement that wants to redefine what the family model looks like. And God defined that in his first six days of creating this plan. And yet 16% actually go out and make a difference and and say, okay, I want to educate myself on the issues. And again, be blind to the people. Be so spiritual on the issues. And where is God's heart in the issues? If Jesus himself was taking his hand in voting, what would he vote? I don't care, male, female, Republican, Democrat, I don't care. I care about what is defining life. What is defining family? What is the school systems gonna do tomorrow? Romans 8. And I'm just going to briefly read a few of these to, just to let you know that beyond God, you believing in God, and beyond all of this, there's a spirit that is working inside of you. Uh, for reference, it's Romans 8, 9 through 17. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But, it's, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin... The Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, who raised Christ from the dead. I'll just stop there. The same Spirit that raised... Where's our cross? That raised Jesus from that horrible death. That same Spirit is in you. And it, it goes on in the Scripture to say, Then why are you fearful? Why are we fearful when we look at a yard full of signs and be like, that guy's, a, that guy's he's out there, right or left? <laughs> I got to go to the, the State of the Union address this past year when, when President Trump got his inaugural State of the Union address, and I watched the divisiveness in that room, and I, we wonder why it's in, in every facet of our nation. It was ridiculous that grown people would even act like that. Some on both sides, folks. I'm not a respecter of people. But when we can't come and truly the Christ, the spirit that rose Christ from the dead and we're fearful about having conversations about what is in the Bible and we believe is true, then we need to fill ourselves up more and get transformed by his presence because God is not fearful of this. Yeah. God's plan is going to happen whether we're involved with it or whether we're not, but he wants us in the middle of his plan. Yeah. These people don't know who they are. And we're not going to browbeat them to know that. But just maybe they'll like us so much because we never judged them that maybe once they'll start asking a different question. Like, tell me again about your son and the adoption and how that process worked, Matt. And oh boy, I'll, I'll have their ear for an hour because it's a straight up miracle in my life. Come on, amen. It just takes somebody who wants to love on people. Micah does this every day. Jesus did it. So, the musicians can come. I want to, I'm wrapping up. I told you I would try to keep it short. I don't even know how long I've been. But, I really want to pray over you and I want to declare some things in this church because We are so, so, so blessed. And when the spirit of fear will cause you to freeze, the spirit of fear will cause you to do nothing. But God didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a sound mind. But sometimes that sound mind, we have to do a little work. Like... Amy and me and the musicians, we just can't come up here and like, I'm going to rock it out. Like we actually have to know what we're doing and prepare and plan. And it's like, because if we, any of us did that, we'd look, you know, I would, I would look very foolish. Like, I don't know if he can hear himself playing. It's the same with these issues that are literally, they said that this last judge, Judge Kavanaugh, that was elected in or confirmed into being a judge is generational. Generational. Alabama just their own Supreme Court just ruled that life is way earlier than anybody has ever defined life before. And their next step they say they're gonna to start to challenge Roe versus Wade. And not on the issue of whether a woman can do this or whatever a woman's right, but defining it by the life of the child. You have to be secure in your knowledge. God says, prepare, prepare. And yet we don't, and we sit here, and we think that because we're in a church, it's all going to happen by itself. And Jesus says, no. Trust me, Israel and Jerusalem will be fine when you go. And you influence. Leave you with this scripture before I have you stand, and I want to pray over you. Mount Carmel, Elijah. He was having a little fun with those people for a little while. First, the prophets back then weren't like the prophets of today. It's like, America's going to have a famine and it's not going to rain for 14 years. It's like, oh, that was a great word, Elijah. We're having Elijah come and speak to us today. I'm sure there's a lot of church like, oh, not Elijah. It's a pair of bad news. So here he comes, and now it's the day has approached where the God is ready to unleash holy rain. And they think this is the flesh. And the flesh out there thinks they can define culture. They say we're gonna pray to Baal. Baal is going to bring this into this, the into this famine or this uh, drought is going to be coming by our God and our prophets and everybody that we talk is coming from Baal, and Elijah was just sitting on the sidelines, like, hey, he had no fear, and he taunted them. He says, hey, maybe your God is asleep, but I watch people, I watch Christians watch the news and just like, oh my God, oh. Why? It's a false God. What they believe isn't going to cut, co- that's not part of God's plan. It's not. Read your Bible. Come to my group. I will gladly encounter you to show you what Scripture says of how a family is defined. So Elijah says, all right, it's my turn. Why don't you go get a little water? For us, it'd be like, you know what? It could get worse before it gets better. As a Christian, if we said that, how many people would be like, oh, Elijah says, go get more water, pour it all over there. Then he drops to his knees and he says, God, and what happens, we all know, fire falls from the sky because his heart was aligned with God and he knew even though the message he was giving them over the drought was not good, he still ultimately knew God's Answered with fire, and then it says that shortly thereafter the clouds came and rain poured. When you're a part of God's plan, I'm telling you right now, He wins in all these weird situations and things that we can't even think what could come next, but we do know that we are the influencer. Stand with me. You are part of the 75%, and this. Is, Christian culture that people will say that we believe in this God, but yet only 16% of these Christians will actually be the hands and feet of God. We weren't meant to be in asylum. We weren't meant to be silent. We weren't meant to just go along. He created each and every one of us with this mind that is unbelievable if you tap into it read the scriptures and you start saying, I have the same spirit in me that God himself put in Jesus. Have you ever heard this? There's more power and one drop of Jesus' blood than all of hell. There is the same power working inside of you. So I just say this today to say, don't fear this. Do not fear the political arena. Do not fear entering the political arena. Do not fear engaging in conversation on divisive topics if you have love. Check yourself. So close your eyes. I just want to declare a few things. Lord, we will not be silent will not be silent. Lord, I truly believe the state of Ohio, and I've heard this word given multiple times, the state of Ohio, that motto, the heart of it all, isn't just a motto. We carry your heart. We carry your heart. We carry your heart, Lord. We carry your heart for the unbroken, for the broken, for the unborn, for the people who do not know who they are and you. And Lord, we declare today that we will not be silent any longer. We will be, We'll rise up. Lord, what, if eight can do that, if one can do as much damage as they did in Las Vegas, one can do damage in Pittsburgh. Lord, what about a church of 300 people? Lord, I just declare over each and every one of these people here, they have secular jobs or they work in an environment where I'm sure there's people that do not believe like they believe. And I say, Lord, you let the spirit of your your, being pour out. Every meeting I go into, I say, not my words, but your words, Lord. We prepare our minds, but then when we speak, it's your spirit hovering over the ground. And Jesus, we just say that this election will not go by without your will being imposed on it, Lord. Not this election, not the next one, not the next one, not the next president, not anything, Lord. That you don't speak to us and we engage and we become influencers. We just declare that in Jesus' name. Before you leave today, um, again, this church, we will never endorse people. But we will for sure educate ourselves on the issues. And we will align with God's heart every time there's a pamphlet before you guys leave sitting out there on the, uh, on the counter that goes issue by issue with the candidates that will be on all of your ballots. It's a, it's a Christian based pamphlet and it will help you. But more than that, read it, take it, before you vote which you will, pray, God I want to be your hands and I want to be your feet. And then sit back like Elijah and laugh and say, God Amen. Yeah. You're an influencer. All right. God bless the U.S. Today.